and welcome back to the Flickers podcast. I'm Jesse Grant and I'm joined here with my co-host, John Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. Very busy. I like it. I'm good. <laughs> huh? Have you been busy with music and stuff? Yeah, really busy. Yeah. I'm, I'm like hitting this really like big creative stride. Which That's good. It's, it happens very, like, I don't know, it happens very, not rarely, but like it's, I can notice when it's happening and it's yeah. like I'm hitting that. Which is cool. It's fun to, it's like, it gives you more confidence knowing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just want to ride that out as long as possible, hey, and just kind of stay in that state. Yeah. But I know that I can't. So, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Jesse? I've been good, John. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Can't really complain. Today, we've got a cool episode for you guys with just us talking because we haven't done that in a while. It's just Mm. been interviews and getting guests on, which has been fun. But I know that uh, you guys have been asking for a bit more content of just us two and also it's fun for us to get on here and just chat with each other and Mm. joke and laugh around where when you have a guest on of course it's got to be about them so we don't get the opportunity to chat and and just discuss cinema because we're huge movie buffs and so it's fun to get a podcast out where it's just us talking Mm. well i just i think we don't get to discuss the kind of humor and the 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 niche parts of cinema as well like yeah like the the little things that for us we like to talk about not necessarily talking about like camera angles and all that. Well, that's yeah. fun. And that's fun. And that's fun to do, especially the interviews have been really, really great. Mm. And everyone's been really lovely. Who's ever like, who's been on who yeah. we've interviewed really, really great with their time and really gracious with everything and answering our questions. It's always fun to talk about little things in, in film and stuff like that as like what we're doing today. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I put out a thing on our Instagram, uh, a story where, just trying to explain it, but of course it had to be brief as it was just a story. So I'll elaborate it more. Now, what we want to do is run our podcast on a two week cycle. So say week one, we have a guest on. And then the next week after that, it'll be a movie themed episode. So episodes will still come out every single Sunday, 4 PM Australian Eastern standard time, but every second week we'll have a movie themed episode. And Mm. so that's kind of what we want to do in order to balance out our content keep it coming to you guys weekly while also giving you episodes where it's just us talking and we can talk about whatever topic we choose, give you guys the freedom to DM us or email us or comment anything and say, Hey, could you do an episode on this? Or could you talk about this? Whatever. Cause we want to make this a family and, and a hub for cinephiles everywhere. And then also every second week, bring you guys an interview with a guest, which is always fun, always cool. And you always learn a bit more, but um, yeah, we'll get into the episode and this theme um, of the episode shortly. But before that, just give you guys our handles. We've been really loving all the engagement and allows you guys to stay in contact with us, uh, keep in contact with us. And like we said, build that family. So on Instagram, you guys can follow us at Flickers Podcast. On Twitter, you can follow us at Flickers Podcast. On YouTube, you can subscribe and watch all our videos where we actually post more than just the podcast episodes, we post like little clips and we also post movie news stuff every week on the Flickers podcast at YouTube. So subscribe at the Flickers podcast. Um, we've also just started a Facebook page called the Flickers podcast. So go follow that. And There'll be heaps of content being posted. <laughs> and um, and yeah, we've also started a Patreon where it'll allow you guys to to gain access to more things from us, you know, behind the scenes of episodes mm. or, or live Q and A's <laughs> or um, even unedited episodes you guys can get to see. And yeah. then later on down the line on the Patreon, we're going to team up and be able to give you guys some merch as well. So yeah, if you guys are looking to, to, I guess, become part of the family and gain a little more insight into what we do while also uh, chipping in comments and letting us know what you would want us to run. Cause we're also going to have like a discussion forum in the Patreon, go ahead and join that. It'll be linked below. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy that. But without further ado, let's get into the point of the episode. And our first theme is what actor's career do you wish you had? So, are, you, are you posing this question to me first? Yeah, you'll go first. Yes, what actor okay. out there is the one that you wish you had as a career? So, yeah, like you can take this this question in so many different angles and perspectives and just, you know, everyone everyone loves different things. Some people like, you know, 
action stars and some people like movie stars and some people like drama and some, you know, and some people like awards, you know. So if you if you're a person, you know, who wanted to pick someone's career based on accolades, it could be Meryl Streep or it could be Daniel Day Lewis. You know, those are kind of the two on on both genders. You know, the the standards. Yeah, the, the kind of yeah. Who's exactly. the best actor? Yeah, exactly. They're always the ones that come up in the conversation. Or you could take it, you know, with uh, you know, watchability or something like that. Or that's like, <clears throat> or someone who's just you know had a really long career. But the way I kind of took it was was like a legacy kind of standpoint, similar to kind of um, like, like James Dean. You know, you only had like the three movies, but everyone just remembers him as being just like you know he's just icon of like American cinema. Um, but the the actor I took was um was Mickey Rourke, and if anyone knows me, I'm a massive fan of Mickey Rourke. He's I think he's just one of the greatest actors of all time. Easily for me, I just think. You know, he's just he's he's one of those actors that just has something. Like you yeah. just when he's on screen, you just can't help but look at him. Like there's something about him that really like captures you. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but there are there are certain actors like that. And he's especially mm. one where when he's on screen, he kind of demands this presence in a scene yeah. or has like this X factor where it doesn't matter who you are, you're gonna watch him. And yeah, like, he's very magnetic. Like you could have whatever other actor in the scene with him. Tough luck to them. The scene's yeah. gonna be Mickey Rourke's scene. Every yeah, it's, time. it's unfortunate for other actors because they just come off looking second best. And I think all the um all the really great actors know know that Mickey Rourke is knows his shit. Like he's a great actor. He's like an actor's actor, mm-hmm. and everyone knows him as being this great actor. I was watching a Hollywood, those Hollywood roundtable things. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they still do them. Oh, they still do them. Yeah. yeah. So they there was one with uh, Brad Pitt. Robert Downey Jr., Frank Langella, and Anne Hathaway, and um, Sally Hawkins, I think her name was, and they were talking. And Mickey Rourke was there as well. Yeah, yeah. And then Brad Pitt was like saying, "It was, it was Sean Penn. It was I can't remember the other actor, and um, and it was Mickey Rourke. And those were like the three people that really drove mm. him to be an actor. And and you can always see in other people's work where they draw from. And I reckon you, knowing that, you can see where he gets like the Mickey Rourke isms and stuff like that. And same with Sean Penn. Like I feel like Sean Penn is very much like Mickey Rourke in a way. Yeah. And um, similar to James Dean as well, Mickey Rourke and James Dean had that quality that you really can't define. But I also like the idea that his career has gone up and down. You know what I mean? Like it's fluctuated. Like he's gone, he he started great and then it plateaued and then he came back and Mm. now he's plateaued forever. Like he's, he's never, I don't think he's going to come back purely because of cosmetic surgery and things like that. Not because of, (laughs) not because of his talent. Yeah. I think, I think there's like a saying where they say, um, I can't remember the saying, but it's that talent kind of lasts forever, you know. Mm. Nothing really destroys talent. It's always there. Um, yeah. There's other things kind of destroy that, but you, you always have your talent. Yeah. I think that's the same with him. And you can even see that when he when he came back for the for the wrestler, you know. In the 90s, he, he, quit his, he quit being an actor to focus on boxing, which was his profession mm. before he was a, an actor. Mm. And um, yeah, he got his face got badly beaten up and he had like plastic surgery on his face. And even after all that in the wrestler, his talent was still there, even though it like completely changed what he looked like, you know, wrestlers, yeah. a wrestler I reckon is one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And yeah. it's, it's just such a raw movie. And I think he's, he's great in it. But even before then, like he did, he did so many, he did this wide range of films. Like he did, um, he's done an ensemble film in the movie Diner. He did like the indie art house, movie where he kind of played a played a James Dean type character in, in Rumblefish, which yeah. is a Francis Ford Coppola movie. It's really, really great if anyone hasn't seen it. Um, he did Angel Heart, which I love. That's in my top 10 movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And we reviewed it on this, so check out the review. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love him in Angel Heart where he plays the cop. And then he did Nine, a half, nine and a Half Weeks, which is like the erotic thriller with um, Kim Basinger. And he um, it's kind of like the precursor to Fifty Shades of Grey. So if anyone liked that movie, check out Nine and a Half Weeks because that movie is 10 times better than that. Um, but yeah, he's just done so many things. And I like that he's kind of badass, his yeah. badassness. Like he doesn't yeah. really give a fuck. And that's yeah. both good and bad, but it's it's what makes him a good actor as well. The fact yeah, that I, he doesn't I really find that it. actually with a lot of the best actors is they have a certain trait that they're not ashamed to 
let out in a way. Mm. Like they're yeah. just going to be them no matter who they're around, no matter who they're with. They're just going to stay true to themselves. They yeah. don't bake. They don't try to mold into anything they're not, which is funny to be like they're an actor, they mold. But in reality, like if they're around a bunch of people, they're not afraid to be themselves. And mm. I feel like the best actors really know who they are as a person and that yeah. allows them to explore other people better, if that but makes it's, sense. It's always, but it's also the case that he is such a, you know, he's such, what, I don't know, what's the word, kind of erratic figure. Like he, yeah. he's known to get shitty with people. Mm. He can be, he's been labelled hard to, hard to work with. Mm. Um, he was labelled for a while to be uninsurable. Like no one could make a movie with him because you didn't know what he was going to do. He was just wild and everything and he had a bad reputation. But that was always that, that's what made him that, that thing on screen where you couldn't look away because you don't know what he's going to do. He's so unpredictable yeah. that it comes out in his work. And I, and I love that. And there's some, there's some scenes in, um, <clears throat> in, um, in movies that he's done that he did during the period where he was kind of <clears throat> exiled from Hollywood. Yeah. It was this movie called The Thin Red Line and it's a deleted scene and he plays this like soldier. And you can catch it on YouTube. He plays this soldier in Vietnam who, I think he was a sniper anyway. His role is really small. It's only like a minute long in, in the thing. And he just gives this crazy performance and about, it's kind of like about, um, what do you call it? <clears throat> like if he's able to go back to America or like go back to see his family or something. And you can tell, he'd even say like, oh no, I can't go back. But you can tell in his face that he's going to die in Vietnam. I know there's something about the way he portrays it in like yeah. a minute. And you can just tell it's just like, holy fuck, he's great. And yeah. there's a scene in this movie called The Expendables, which is an action movie with Sylvester Stallone and Jason Statham and all this. And at the very end of the movie, Mickey Rourke gives this, this monologue about, you know, not, I can't remember what the monologue is about, but I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's about kind of not being able, like not being able to go back to the person you were. Mm. And it's it, in an action movie, it's completely like out of place because you wouldn't yeah. expect that kind of depth in, the, in, in that kind of film. But he, he kills it and he's in the movie for like not even that long. And he yeah, kills and I it. find with Mickey Rourke is that it doesn't matter what movie he's in, he's always just going to add the depth to that character. Yeah, like it's absolutely. always going to happen. And he he's able to express <clears throat> emotions effortlessly in a way that he's not trying to express it. Mm. In a way, it's like he's just feeling it. And yeah. so that carries out. And But he it's like you can feel it and not even show anything but yeah. he feels it and allows it to express on screen. Well, that, I think some actors have the ability to mm -hmm. have their emotions just express on screen effortlessly and some other actors have to put it on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to the fact that he studied at the actor's studio, you know, and he, he came under like the whole, like, I think it, like the method acting kind of approach, but for him, it's really like delving into himself and it's, that's, that's also one of the reasons why he's unpredictable because, like, he's, he, he's just going inside himself to find these emotions and it becomes, like, this. he embodies what he's, what he's gone through, mm. his performances, but it kind of, it's so raw and, that, and it's so deeply emotional that it becomes really erratic. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's insane to kind of watch and to hear him talk about it. And you can kind of see why he, he goes all over the place because mentally he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a guy that's kind of struggling with his own, with his own life and his own, his own demons in yeah in his own in his own life like he's he's been through a lot he's mm -hmm. lived a hell of a life and you can see that in his performances and that he dives really deeply into himself that's why the wrestler is such a great movie because mm -hmm. you know he it's it's essentially like his his own story and he's kind of reenacting all the regrets that he had in his own career it's yeah. very it's very autobiographical in a sense and um and with with all of his performances, it, like I just mentioned in the Expendables and and also in the th in Thin Red Line, he kind of he's drawing from this really personal space, mm. and you can tell like it's he's just completely in the moment when he's acting. Yeah. That's why I think that's why I think like um what was I saying before? Like that's why I think he um can do things in one scene that other actors can't because he just he's going into himself and it leads him to such a dark place. And I don't think many actors go that way go that far deep into themselves it's scary like, yeah it's exactly the actors who don't have that fear that are able or have the fear but attack it that are able to explore it mm. and a question for you because you're mm. a musician as well an artist do you look at someone like mickey rock and try and see obviously it's a different art form but how yeah. vulnerable he can be do you try and learn from that yeah i don't know like i think i draw from movies a little differently mm. um i do like the raw films though that's my kind of 
preference, like movies like Blue Valentine and and The Wrestler, up there with like some of my favorite movies of all time. Um, because purely because I like that kind of raw element of it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I do admire that about Mickey Rourke is that he's so raw and so erratic. In his rawness, he becomes so erratic. I don't know. I love that. And it's yeah, and you can't contain it. And I wish I had that. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. wish I could be that, but I know I'm not. I know I could. Yeah. You'll look at me and never be like, that guy's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like when you look at Mickey Walk, you just don't know what he's going to do. And yeah. it's 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 really amazing to watch, but it's also probably really fucking scary to kind of work yeah. with. Yeah. It'd be, I, I reckon he would be hard to deal with. Even oh, absolutely. There, a quote from Val Kilmer in his documentary, he says, um, if you know how to act, you become a, a hard to deal with actor. So I think from that standpoint, it's like he's not going to be pushed around like a puppet because he understands yeah, he won't. what his yeah. art form is. So that's why he's labeled a hard, hard to deal with, even though he's not. But I think yeah. with Mickey Rourke, he's actually hard to deal with. Like oh, yeah. Kilmer, and- Robert Downey Jr. and these people, like they're not Marlon Brando. They weren't hard to deal with in that sense. But Mickey Rourke, I think, is actually hard to deal with. Yeah, he's probably like, I mean, they're all probably hard to deal with in a different way. You know, Marlon Brando was probably a bit more of a prima donna, whereas I think Mickey Rourke is just off the rails and I love him because of that. Yeah. And um, whilst I wish, whilst I wish he kind of held on to his look from the wrestler and, and Iron Man two and not delved further into plastic surgery would have yeah. been great. Cause it would have been amazing to see him in his career and what he'd be doing now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we'll ever really see him do a movie of that kind of caliber, which kind of makes me a sad. bit annoyed. Yeah. It makes me sad. Cause I, you know, it's it's a shame that no one's gonna like, no one's going to um, take a chance on him purely based on talent. And I know that um, acting is a very visual medium, but <laughs> you need a face, you know, <laughs> to kind you of work say. it. Into it. <laughs> yeah, unless he wants to do CGI movies, but I, I don't really think he could. Don't think he'd be up for that. But um, yeah, it's it's a shame. But yeah, he's just he's an amazing actor. Like it's mm-hmm. fucking like like there's that scene in in Angel Heart at the end. When, I won't give it away, but he's like, I know who I am. I know who I am. And it's kind of similar to um, to the to to Seven where Brad Pitt's saying what's in the box because it's like yeah, different yeah, yeah. Inca- different ways of saying I know who yeah, I am and like what's in the box, what's in the box. Like he's yeah. expressing different emotions just in the one line and it's insane. And you can totally see that's where they probably got it from. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's probably not so far out of the way to say, to say that like Seven, that ending of Seven is completely based on the ending of Angel Heart. Yeah. Not completely based, but there's definitely influences. You can draw from it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so similar. Like it's ridiculously yeah. similar. Even though the movies are different. Um, yeah, that that's that one scene, you can totally tell that they drew on that. Um Brad Pitt definitely when he went, like I said before, he mentioned that Mickey Rourke was a big influence on him. So you can definitely tell that that's that that part of the performance was influenced by Mickey Rourke in seven. Yeah, yeah he's just a great actor. Like I there's this one great quote from um what's his name? The fucking writer, uh, Hunter S. Thompson. And right, said, yeah. And he said, it's, it goes around, I paraphrase it, but it goes something along the, the lines of that, like, you don't want to end your life looking all clean and shit. You want to kind of go at the end of your life with like cuts and bruises and just say like, what a life, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you want to, yeah. you want, and I feel that that's Mickey Rourke's career and his life. You know, he's completely yeah. different. Yeah, you know I mean? like he's yeah. he's been everything. He's been everything in his career. He's been the sex symbol. He's been the great actor. He's been the indie actor. He's been everything. Mm. He kills it. Yeah, that's, that's why I love him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, um, even as an actor and trying to become an actor, like learning from someone like Mickey Rock is very true. Like just being open and kind of acting in a moment to moment situation, and like you said, mm. cuts and bruises, and just uh, experimenting and just actually going out there and just doing whatever and just staying true to yourself mm. while acting is so yeah. important. But yeah. yeah, so for me, my actor that I chose, the career I want to have is much like you, I tried to take it in a different way, right? I didn't want to go with a career that's, you could say is like complete, you know, and, yeah. and the filmography is kind of complete and they're tapering down, looking to retire soon, whatever. I was looking at a career that I would like to have to be in the moment right now and navigate myself if that makes sense where i would like to be in my career in order to navigate and the best one i could choose for that um is this might seem a bit cliched in today's day and age but it's timothy chalamet i fucking knew it (laughs) i knew it as i was like i think he's gonna say timothy chalamet because you went telling me before the episode yeah and just then i was like i think he's gonna say timothy chalamet (laughs) i was gonna go with 
either Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. De Niro, or um, who else was I? Or, or I was looking at Meryl Streep as well, right? Yeah, Meryl. But yeah, she's great. the thing is with them is that their careers are already set in stone. Like they're, they're solidified, you know? Yeah. Whereas like even Johnny Depp, he's not old, but he'll always be remembered for being a great actor, right? Whereas yeah. Timothy Chalamet, yeah, he'll probably always be remembered, but he's at a, a stage in his career now where he can pick where he wants to go and what lane he wants to go down. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would want to be in my career at that stage is like he broke into the scene doing an indie film, right? And so the way I like to think about his career is that he um, auditioned for Spider-Man, auditioned for all these big things and didn't get them. But he got down to like the last five actors and didn't quite get them. But I think that's actually a good thing because he rose to stardom doing a film that he thought no one would see. Mm. You know, doing Call Me By a Name and Lady Bird and that stuff, which is like indie films that you don't expect to become a global superstar from. But yeah. he did. And I think that's where I would want to be where I was like, okay, I've proven myself as an actor. I've done these indie films. I've got Oscar nominated from a film that I expected no one to see. So people are like, okay, this guy, he, he likes acting. He likes the whole point of acting and is an artist, you know? Yeah. And also now you look at him, he's going to do June and he's mm. got, and he did the King. He's done some big things that are different now and he can go down the route of like mission impossible type Tom Cruise movies mm. or go down the route of, you know, a smaller indie actor. Yeah. And I kind I of think, see him. I can I kind see of, him navigating both his whole career. Yeah. I, I think you're right. in that kind of in saying that he's kind of on this is at the stage where it's, it's, it could diverge, you know, what I mean? it could go into one, the other. And I reckon, I reckon he should go down the whole Ryan Gosling route. You know, Ryan Gosling was really big when he did, the notebook, he became massive. Yeah. And same with like Leonardo DiCaprio, they became these massive things. And they could they could have just kept going that on that, you know, A-list thing, but Ryan Gosling and the, they he kind of like diverged and did like, you know, drive and only God forgives mm. and you know, really small movies and placement on the pines. Yeah. Louis Valentine. These movies aren't big names, but he could have done the big box office movies. He mm. easily could have done it. I think for one stage, you know, Ryan Gosling was up for um for for Batman. But you know, he didn't do it like same with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix was up with, you know, for Doctor Strange, but didn't do it. And instead they do these small, small movies and it kind of builds their credibility to yeah. as an actor. You know what I mean? And it's not, yeah. it's not about being a celebrity. It's about being an actor. Exactly. And I think I would love to be in a position where, okay, I can choose where my career goes now mm. and I can stay true to myself like the best way possible. Because some people, when you're at a stage where you've just done indies, you've got to keep looking for your next role. You got to yeah. keep on the hunt, like whatever I get yeah. offered, I've got to take because that could be my last paycheck in this mm-hmm. industry. Whereas he's at a point where you know he's going to be offered so many different, a variety of things that he can just pick and choose what he wants to do, and he's and he's kind of gained that respect in the industry at an extremely young age, which yeah. is like the dream, right? And you would want to be in a position where you can navigate. You know, like he did, coin by a name, rose to start him off an indie film then decided to do Lady Bird. Then he did Little Women where he he played a role that was not the center of attention all the time. Like it was a, you know, a side role. Yeah, and I would love, kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. I would love to, to do films where one, I'm the lead, the other one, I'm the fifth on the call sheet. You know, like mm. you want to just, and just do stories that you want to do. And I think he stays true to himself completely yeah. in in the choices he takes and, and doing Dune and these things. It's like, People may be like, oh, he's going to sell out. He, I don't think so. I think he, he's staying true to himself, and that's where I would want to be at that stage of my career. Yeah. Lucky enough to be able to just go, okay, I want to go down this lane this year. I want to do these type of films. Then next year, I want to do these type of films. Yeah, And then also go be able to have the freedom to call up someone and be like, hey, are you working on anything? I'd love to um, get in the writer's room and learn from you and maybe even get a writer's credit on something because he can go down whatever lane he wants. And that would I definitely think, you know, Timothy Chalamet has um, like the similar kind of magnet that draws you in similar to Mickey Rourke in a way Mm. in that when they're on screen, you really just can't help, but look at like, just watch their performance. And I I think it has something to do with like his eyes, like his stare. I feel Mm. feel like when he stares, especially like call me by your name at the very end, when he's staring into like the fire and he's crying, he's just like, 
Yeah, you're just staring into your soul kind of thing. And just yeah. like you're really like caught in his performances a lot. Yeah. I, I love that about him. You know, that's my favorite thing about exactly. Timothy Chalamet. It's like, and I think in this kind of younger version of Hollywood that's coming up now, no one is like him. I mean, I feel like other actors are kind of similar, but no one is Timothy Chalamet. No. He, he has this really just raw energy about him and in his performances. Call me by your name, you know, he's, he's great in that. Like um, to me, yeah. due to the rise, um, of, you know, and you can't really knock actors for it, but due to the rise of social media and the rise of just the global landscape now is people like, it's almost as if acting in the youth has taken a dip and it's more about. um, Yeah. TikTok. Being like a content (laughs) creator, you know? So like they're going out and they're, they're doing these performances where it's just kind of about fame and that type of thing, or just not even fame. Like they can be a good actor, but they're not exploring themselves and not exploring the yeah. actual art form that is acting. And yeah. I think Chalamet coming from a theater background in New York and being interested in that stuff, it's, it's allowed, like he understands what acting is. And to me, like that's important to keep that going. And yeah. so as a young actor now, the way that he's able to stay vulnerable and always just go to places in himself in a character to draw out the emotion. It's just, yeah. it's, it's refreshing to see from a young actor. Now. I, will, I will say this one thing about, I guess, people, people's idea of acting, especially in like in the youth, it's always, as, it's, if you get asked, you're an actor, people always say, oh, can you cry? Can you cry on cue? Like yeah. that's like, that's the A grade for acting. Yeah. And it's not about being like, you know, what's that famous saying? Uh, de- dying is easy. Comedy is harder. So it's like, mm-hmm. why not try to make someone laugh through a performance? Yeah. You know, that's a lot harder than probably crying. I'm as, I'm assuming I'm not an actor, but like, yeah. you know, that's always the, that's always the A, the, the A, the A for, for any upcoming actors, if they can cry on cue, especially for, you know, in our generation, that's, that's yeah. the, that's, that's the level of emotion. It's like not the crying actual, and crying. You know? and that's <laughs> like, the opposite of what you want to do as an yeah, actor. Exactly. I like, I know this, there's a really good quote that I got from um, my voice teacher at acting school. Right. And she basically said to um, one student doing a performance and he was like crying all through it and stuff because he's meant to be sad. But she basically said as a note, look, it's good you cried, but you can clearly see that you were just being swept up in your emotion and crying because you're meant to be sad. Mm. And that's selfish. That's like, you're not giving anything to anyone. It's not really making us emotion. It looks like you're just kind of, and this is a weird way to put it, but it's a good quote. It's like, it literally looks like a, like you're masturbating on stage. You know what I mean? You're just being selfish. Don't do that, dude. Diving into oh, your it's own. not cool. You get locked up for shit like that these days. But like, it's, and there's that other quote, which is, it's more emotionally hitting when you watch someone try not to cry. Yeah, to fight the tears. Because you can clearly see they're feeling the emotion. Yeah. And they're trying to hold it in. Yeah. And they're like Timothy Chalamet in up. the end of Call Me By Your Name. Exactly. He like doesn't he, just he, go, Whoa! Yeah, you, he's just staring at the vine. Yeah. You can just see it like happening. Eyes get but red. He's, he's fighting not to. trying to, yeah. yeah. That's what you want to see. You want to see someone try and hold the cry back, but it just tears still manage to come out. Then someone clearly just forced tears out of their eyes. Yeah. That's what yeah. you want to see. And so Absolutely. I think like for me, that type of a career is where I'd want to be at, at 26 or 27, however old he is. Is he 20? Uh, I don't think he's 27. 26, is he? I think he's like 23. Nah, he's much older than that. Is he? I don't know. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, like he's a- he- is oh Wi Fi so did you say agey age? Oh, there's an agey. He's he's 25 turning 26 this year. Okay, November the third. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. okay. December. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like that's definitely a career that I would want to have. Yeah, but no, that's um, a good choice. Yeah, anyways, I guess moving on, we put out a thing on Instagram, a post. Um, asking you guys who your recommendation would be. And we mm. just got completely overwhelmed with comments. And so, which is great. Guys. Yeah, which is Love great. And we really want to make you guys a part of this podcast, make you guys a part of this whole kind of Flickers family. Family, like we've been saying, you know, we want okay, to Yeah. It's not about us. It's, it's about just bringing a bunch of movie fans and cinephiles together. Mm. Um, on a journey and just giving you guys a hub. So we really, really appreciate it. Can't express that enough. But uh, the first one we've got, here's our take podcast. They said Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she was great. That's a good she, career. She's kind of similar in in that Timothy Chalamet, Mickey Rourke thing. 
in 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 that she's really raw. Yeah. Um, yes, I think because I don't think she ever studied as an actor, and I think that's what makes her a great actress as well. Yeah, is that she has this this rawness in her performance. Like there's the the movie that made her famous was this movie called Winter's Bone, which is this really raw movie, and and she she killed it in that. She got nominated for an Oscar for that. And then she went on that in the big streak of movies of the, you know, the Hunger Games. Yeah. And then X-Men First Class, which was yeah. kind of like and almost like an those, indie film. And she's done yeah. those big films while also doing the small ones like Silver exactly. Line Playbook and that stuff, and, which I enjoy as well. And I love that. I love her big performances, you know, like the kind of the, not overacting, but I guess it, it could be like in um, American Hustle, which she's just all over the place. And same with Silver Linings Playbook, mm. where kind of. She balances that, like the kind of craziness, yeah. with this, with a lot of subtlety in it, and yeah, I think she's amazing. She, I she really enjoy it. the way that she is, like, like you just said, in American Hustle, she's able to do these extravagant characters, which are unrealistic, but watching it, you believe that that's a real person. You reckon? I reckon she, that's a real person. People definitely Maybe, like no, that. no, probably, but she's <laughs> able to make it look real, and that, like, that's hard to do as an actor. Like when you try and play an extravagant character, but mm. actually make it look real and relatable, that's hard to do. And she's able to yeah. do that really well. So yeah. yeah, thanks for your comment. Uh, here's our, our second one is from Bindi Wire. So it's B H I N D I Wire, not to be confused with Bindi Irwin, which is B I N D I, <laughs> I think. <laughs> And they said Lakeith Stanfield, and he's a, he's he's coming up kind of similar in the Timothy Chalamet way, and that he's you know he's kind of at this point where he could kind of do either or, mm. and I think he would kill it in in a big action movie. But I love him doing the indie films. Yeah, and the, just the other day was watching um, Atlanta uh, again, and he he's amazing in Atlanta. Like he's this kind of stoner, but with mm. this weird like buddhist energy thing he's got going on like yeah. he's just like this really calming weird bloke <laughs> but, was, but like you never feel like he's like being strange like he's being weird but it's not creepy it's just like what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah but it's quite funny but he also says some really deep shit and you're just like what the fuck yeah i was watching that teddy perkins and have you seen atlanta mm, yeah bits okay. i haven't seen the whole thing but i've seen like episodes here and there oh well dylan our other our other brother He's been calling me all week, talking to me about this episode of Atlanta called Teddy Perkins. And if anyone doesn't know the Teddy Perkins episode, it's it's quite creepy. It's probably like it's really really odd for that show, but it's it's an amazing episode. And pretty, it's just about Lakeith Stanfield and this this thing, this guy. And I won't go into further detail because it's amazing. But he's great in it. It's kind of like a precursor to Get Out, and he's in Get Out as well. And he's he's great. And and I mean, you know, we're forgetting about his Oscar nominated turn in um in Judas and Black, Black yeah, Black Judas and the Black Messiah, and he's. He was in a, I think he was better. I think he was the best part of the movie for That's me. That's the cool thing to me is watching him in, I haven't seen him in too much because he hasn't done too much to this point, but watching him in like Uncut Gems, Judas and the Black Messiah in some episodes of Atlanta and mm. also Photograph is that I see him as just a completely different person. But I don't see him as a leading man. I, I see him no, as, as more so definitely, as a character actor. He's definitely a character yeah, actor. I think he works able, great in that. Because he's able to transform himself and you and you can see he takes pride in trying to really be and look someone else in each film. And I, I find that refreshing as an actor. And, and he's got the look watch. too. Like he's a good looking guy. Mm. Not that that really should matter for anything, but it does. You know, he can he can really balance that the the you know, his looks and his mm. his ability and, and being and also like he could be like a creepy guy as well. You know, he can do I feel like he could really do anything. So yeah, it's yeah. a great choice. For sure. And now we're going to go uh, on to the next comment, which is from Mystic Celeste. So M-Y-S-T-I-K, Celeste, C-E-L-E-S-T-E. And she said, this is an, unconvention- an unconventional choice, but I have to go Jeremy Jordan. Okay. And like, I like that because, uh, you know, on, on movie and cinema podcasts, you always get people talking about, you know, the stock standard, great actors who are yeah. like Stanfield and those type of people. And mm. it's cool to see that some people do like watching, you know, just your um, actor from different TV shows like Supergirl and, and Smash. And, and but also people who are, who are on stage as well. Who did a lot of theater stuff, work. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like musical theater actors who get overlooked. And so I think um, that's a, that's a really good choice. And that's, I enjoy when people look at, um, an actor who's not really pushed in the spotlight and pushed in the limelight and really pushed in the industry and they're able to go, no, I really like them. And that's kind of what film and cinema and acting is, is mm. about um, 
your own personal preference. It's all mm. subjective. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your comment. Thanks so much. I really enjoy. And our next comment comes our next comment comes from hey, it's Peter. So hey underscore it's underscore Peter underscore. And he said, I'd go with Ethan Hawke. Mm. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Love Ethan Hawke. Um, I didn't think I really appreciated him until I got older and I saw him in the before trilogy. Cause I never really like I, I knew his face and I was just like, oh yeah, he's yeah, he's whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think as I got older, I really learned to understand him as an actor and his choices. And yeah. um I love those I love the before trilogy. I think it's probably one if not the greatest trilogy of all time, you can make an argument. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved him in boyhood, which is similar to like yeah. The, the that's that's one thing I can, later, yeah. I can definitely give Ethan Hawke is that his choices are just remarkable. Yeah, exactly. He does amazing I, things. Training day. Yeah. And right. half the scripts that I feel like actors would have been sent that go, nah, I don't really like the sound of this. This sounds a bit weird. Ethan Hawke is able to read a script and be like, no, nah, that's that's a good film. I feel yeah. like he's very good at choosing from a script. Like he's better than many other actors in that yeah. in he's- that sense. Like reading even just the before trilogy, it's like you read that, you'd be like, oh, it's a bit of a boring movie. Nothing much happens. And mm. it's like he would be able to read that and go, nah, this is going to be good. And I think that's for, he comes from like a writing background. Like um, I saw he just put out his debut novel last year or early this year. Mm. So I think because he comes from that writing background, he's able to make really good choices based off the of yeah. script. Yeah, I think he's amazing. Like you said, yeah. the Before Trilogy. I also watched him in a, in a movie um, where he plays this musician who's not really famous but um goes it's like i don't think many people know this film um and he ends up like striking conversation with this woman whose ex-husband is like a massive fan of him right and he's like not a famous musician at all and he has like this fan club he's a bit stalkerish it's weird that he's like infatuated him and anyways this woman and, and him end up like becoming friends, or whatever. And he travels to England to visit her and stuff. But that's a really good movie. I really uh, enjoyed it. But it it's like so different. He, his name's something Crow, Tucker Crow. He plays this musician called Tucker Crow. And so the movie, right. it's like a really good rom com. And I really recommend it. Okay. Um, but yeah, moving on, we've got the basic cinephile um, said Miss Judy Greer. That's yeah. Cool. Judy Greer. I think she's good. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good choice. I think she's kind of she's someone you don't really notice, but you do notice. Like she's done so many things. You'd be like, oh, it's that girl. It's that yeah. woman. You know what I mean? So she's yeah. there. She's there again. And I love that. Like she's done so many things. And I think um it's funny because today the um the kind of first reviews for the new Halloween movie got released, Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. And um they mention her in it because she's she's in this in the franchise now. Yeah, and um, they mentioned her, and she says that she, you know, she steps up in the place of Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, she steps up, and you can really see her presence in the film. And yeah, that's I, I like that. I like that she's coming. You know, more people are getting to know her. And the first time I ever, I've, I ever saw her was in that movie Thirteen Going on Thirty, mm. which I really love that movie. It's one Me of those too. like that's a great you know, film. Yeah, one of those like kind of like those body transformation movies where yeah. someone's like kid, like big yeah. and 17 yeah. again. But yeah. yeah. I think it's, I love, I love that movie. And uh, she was great. And there's a kind of like the, the bitchy friend. And like, she, I think she, she kills it. Yeah. I always yeah. had a crush on her actually. Really? I she was, yeah. I thought she was gorgeous. <laughs> well, well, if you're listening, Judy, yeah. John's yeah. here and he's single. <laughs> I think she might be married. Yeah, she is. <laughs> it's all right. Uh. 50% um, of marriages and a divorce. So it's <laughs> and then after that, we got uh, Cindy Doozy Cinephile. So mm. C-I-N-D-Y-D-U-Z-I-C-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-E said Meryl Streep. And yeah, hands down, Meryl. like, oh. what is she? Oh, the greatest, like. She is the goat. Definition of goat. Like, how many Oscar nominations? It's something ridiculous. Right? I think it's like 30 or 30, something. It's not ridiculous. 13, something ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Although her strike rate's not that great because I think she's only got like, she's like she's been nominated like 20 times for an Oscar, but only yeah. won four. But still, but think, she's won four Oscars. But I think when you're done. always nominated for Oscars, people are like, oh my God, piss off. We're not choosing you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, it's, it's probably like watching Tom Brady or anyone who's great in sport and just watching them and you just like, you don't even notice their performance, but they're just great all the time because, because they're, always just, good. they're always just great. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, Real Streep's had another great performance again. Yeah. <laughs> like, like LeBron James 
has an average game, that's a breakout performance for yeah, exactly. player. Don't and notice it anymore. Meryl Streep, she delivers a great performance. If someone else delivers that, they're like, oh, they're like the actor of this generation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do, it. do you have a favorite Meryl Streep performance? Hmm. Devil Wears Prada always comes to mind. I really love her in that movie. Devil Wears Prada. I love that movie. Good. movie. Um, oh, what's the movie with her? She's great in this movie called The Hours. She was great in that. There's a film that I really enjoy her in because there's this one scene that I really like and the film is escaping. Oh, Kramer versus Kramer. She's great in that. That was one of the that was one of the first movies I think I ever saw her in. Actually, no, it probably wasn't. What movie was it? Okay, I'm searching her up now. D Hunter. Great. Um I like her in It's Complicated. There's this one scene. Oh, yeah, with Alec Baldwin. Is that yeah. the movie? Yeah. There's this one scene that I think she delivers like a really good performance. I know like that film's like mixed reviews, but um, it's yeah, not but really for the movie. It's her performance. She's always great in it. So. Yeah. Her performance in It's Complicated is really good. Hmm. But yeah. So our next, uh, our next comment comes from Bushmaster 2.1. Pretty sure it was, yeah, 2.1. And this is, this is the kind of actor, similar to Meryl Streep. We just name one name, you know, Meryl, you know who you're talking about. This person's it. And Bushmaster said Denzel. And yeah, mm. Denzel kills it every time. Every Similar film. to Meryl Streep, he kills it. Yeah, every he's like the black Meryl Streep, yeah. <laughs> and and Meryl Streep's the black, Den- uh, the white Denzel. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite Denzel film? Mm. Mine's American I, Gangster, hands down. Yeah, that's a good one. I do Denzel. like train. I do love Training Day. I love the of Hurricanes. Course. Really, really good. Oh, um, I forgot about the Hurricane. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, fuck. There's a one that came out recently that I really, really liked. I liked him in Fences. Um, he was great in that. But there was one. I can't remember. Oh, let me think. Oh. Yeah, maybe it was Fences. Yeah, Fences was a great one. Yeah, Training Day. And, yeah, I think he's just amazing. I think he's he's just, like, so intimidating. But, yeah. like, has... Like, I love that bit in Training Day when he's like, King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> and then he's like, you shut me in the ass. You shut me in the ass. <laughs> but yeah. it makes that sound kind of like, I don't know, because that's such a, if you're reading it, it's like, shut me in the ass. Yeah. yeah I guess I was saying. It sounds like, like cheesy and crap, but he yeah. makes it sound real and like funny. Out of all the places you could shoot someone, you shot him in the ass. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, you shot me in the leg. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing about him is that I feel like he can't deliver a bad line. Yeah, like he no, makes every line sound good, and that's so hard to do. I've never gone out of a movie where Denzel was in it and never thought he was great. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how I know he's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've never been like, "Oh, Denzel was flat." No, yeah. I've never. Seen, I've never heard anyone ever say that. <laughs> and if you have said that, take a long walk off a short beer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, moving on, we've got Alexander J underscore Bird. Yeah, um, she said. Meryl Streep. So yeah, we just talked about her, but you know, thanks so much for commenting. We really appreciate yeah. it. And um, I guess go back 30 seconds and listen to what we just said about Meryl Streep. But no, we, we really appreciate the engagement. So um yeah. thank, thank you, you so Alexander J. Bird. And I'll read this next one. This next, this next one <laughs> that comes from Sean Connery's here. <laughs> <laughs> that comes from a good friend of mine from school, Charlie Nichols underscore yeah. Charlie dot Nichols underscore said Addison Ray. Oh, mm. hands down, what a great actress, right? I actually, I didn't even know who she was until this yeah. person mentioned this comment. And then she I found out she was like a living. TikTok. Yeah. She's a TikTok dancer. Yeah. Is that what she is? Yeah. Does she, she do, is she in movies though? Yeah. No. So here's the thing I want to get into, right? Okay, I read me. that comment and I was like, okay, this will be a cool clip-worthy thing because I have a little bit of a rant that I want okay. to do about me with Addison the rant. Ray, right? I love a rant. So she just did, I believe, it's probably not her first film. I believe it's her first film. Oh, he's all that. He's all that, right? Yes, that's what she's on, in. On Netflix. And yep. she's a TikToker and she rose to fame for basically, I don't know, poking out her tongue and other things on TikTok and just doing stupid dances. And like, to me, cool. If that's your career, that's fine, right? Yeah, do what you like. That's fine. Do what you like. No problem. But the problem I have with her, it's not so much with her. If you get offered a movie, you're going to take it. I understand good for business but the problem is nowadays we're already seeing such a push for films to be about how much money is it going to bring in how much is it going to make opening weekend and it's ruining some of the art house films and the films that really made me enjoy cinema and made me love cinema right mm. and 
with her coming in and being in a movie, and I just saw she signed a deal with Netflix. She's going to be in more films for Netflix, right? Because they're like, she brings in so much money. And the movies suck. Like I watched about 15 minutes of Here's All That. I regret giving her a watch, but because <laughs> it gives her money, but it's horrible. Okay. Yeah. And the problem is I have with that is that is that going to ruin cinema? Because to me, she represents like a change in the cinema world where it is about how much money can it bring in. And it's becoming more of a movie business, which I understand it is. It's show and, business, and not show friends. Yeah. yeah. But then an art form because you've got these ne- like Netflix and, and HBO Max and Disney Plus where films are releasing on there. So they're not, they're already not making as much money as they used to. There's no DVDs. So when a film comes out, it's going to make heaps of money in the cinema and then it's not going to make the rest of the money on DVD. So they've got to make heaps of money in the cinema opening weekend and on these streaming services. And so I think now it's already being pushed that we need people in there that are going to bring in money. Now we're getting TikTokers in a film that don't have any respect for the art of acting. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that for sure. But I I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say it. No respect for the art of acting. No respect for the film, the art behind the film industry. And so is it now about telling stories or is it now about making content and getting money for it? Well, I think- Is it the rise? Wait, one more thing. Okay. (laughs) I'm going in on this Addison. Because of the rise of content creators as as an industry now, Right, which is fine, but because of that, it's now like everything is a is content, mm. and it's like movies to me shouldn't be content. They should be a cool story that you can engage and learn something from emotionally or intellectually. And and even watching that film, scenes are like twenty five seconds long. There's all this product placement of like Voss water and chip packets. There's a scene where literally people are just on their phones. They don't even look at each other. That's mm. not acting. If you're on your phone looking at Instagram, that's not acting. And if the scenes are so short, always cutting to keep people engaged, it's literally just about content and what's going to bring in money. Yeah. And I, I just don't want to see the movie industry move that way. And yeah. so I understand if you're in Addison Ray's position, you're going to take the film. I would do the same thing. Yeah. But I just don't want to see that happen to an industry that I love and respect so much. And no, I totally get it. To me, Addison Ray doing this, kind of ruins the film industry to me because like but it's not her it's it's no, what she it's, it's what her. she represents what she represents yeah yeah but now more tiktokers are going to do this for a, like for sure now you know, more tiktokers are going to come in and do films and sign these I will, netflix contracts i will say something i think you know it could like we don't know these people personally do you know mm. what i mean so maybe perhaps they actually do love cinema you know what I mean? And so in a way, if they actually saw like a project and they're like, oh, I want to get on that. And it was like an indie thing that actually could be quite beneficial yeah. to movies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's like a flip side of what you're saying in that. But it also comes down to, you know, this is a business and some people, own, you only have this amount of time in that business. You know, your time is very people short quick. In, yeah. in, in the sun. Do you know what I mean? So you got you to gotta get in there and get out. You got to get your money, you know, just do your thing. So I totally respect anyone, you know, make any, I respect anyone's hustle, but you get there how you get there. Like, it's totally fine. Like, it's it's not a problem. But I do see what you're saying. Like, it can be quite, it, it, it sounds quite problematic for cinema as an art form as opposed to cinema as a business. Because as a business, it's probably making heaps of money and everyone's happy. And, you know, you never know that money that the, that it's making helps to fund other projects. So it's, it's but you never know, like, you know, she might, you know, it's probably been a very rocky start for her, but you know, people come into their own and she might come into a movie and be great and kill it. Like yeah. I've never seen anything. She's, I personally didn't even know who she was until like, and, I, and I'm going to put this out there. If she does a movie that is actually good and she seemed to respect it and she put in a lot of time and effort and felt and like wanted the story to be told, I will be the first one to come out here and be like, fuck what I said before. Mm. Thank you so much for taking this seriously. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> Round, r- rant. Jesse, out. This is complete, yeah. yeah See you next mind. week. <laughs> uh, cinemologist said, the cinemologist said, Brad Pitt, 100. Yeah. I'm going to say that, Brad Pitt, 100 as well. I love Brad Pitt. Um, you know, I think I was mentioning earlier about his performance in Seven 
when he says what's in the box and mm. yeah he absolutely he slays that like kills it i love that movie um him in fight club's great benjamin button's great um burn after reading he's great oceans mm. movies he's great he can do everything even like um once upon a time in hollywood he is hilarious mm. and he's able to be funny without like searching for a laugh if that makes sense mm. and i find he's so good at just um he pulls these little faces and i like I like how Robert De Niro does that as well. And it's very similar to me. It's like they can just do a little twist like in their eye, you can see, and it just makes you laugh. Yeah. They'll like pull a little face or a little reaction that is so subtle, but you're just like, huh. And it lets you know so much about the character. Mm. And just through, like to me, if you're able to use your eyes in a way to express a character is like the best thing possible. And Brad Pitt does that really, really well. Yeah, no, he's a great actor. I loved him in Moneyball. I think that's a very underrated Brad Pitt performance. For sure. Like, he's just great. I think he's very subtle in that. You know what I mean? And I love the fact that he actually didn't even know, he didn't even like baseball before mm. he did that thing. And I think that's, I always love it when someone from the outside comes in and does a performance. I think that always makes, there's always this insight that it gives that you don't see when you love something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if he had loved baseball and loved Billy Bean before he'd done the performance, I think it probably would have been detrimental to the performance. Mm. Whereas I think if you don't know anything about it, you go in, you kind of see things differently. And I love yeah. that about that performance. Yeah, that's true. Um, movies we underscore love said Al Pacino. Mm. Al Pacino is great when he's not doing coffee commercials. That's what I will say. <laughs> I mean, him and George Clooney, when they're not doing coffee commercials, they're great. <laughs> I don't yeah, even drink no. coffee, so he's not winning me over. So, so he definitely won me over. Um, but no, Al yeah, Pacino, like, how can you time. fault him in anything? He, he yeah. He's up there. Oh, go. You can fault him in some recent things. Like uh, what? Uh, what's that movie? Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler. Uh, that's a piece it. of shit. Huh? Yeah, but he's he's earned the right to take the piss in those films. And I don't think, I don't, I don't, no. I think he, he could do that a lot better. Do you know what I mean? Same with Robert De Niro. They do these movies now and you're just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I get it. Like, you're Have at the fun. age where you want to get yeah. a bit of, bit of bit of cash, bit of cash money. That's that's great. Do what you got to do. But, yeah, I think that just completely destroys their legacy for me sometimes. But then like, you man. watch him in The Irishman, which came out last year, and he's terrific. Yeah, that's, that so. actually annoys me even more. <laughs> they actually, they're actually still have, like, like I said before, you don't lose your talent. So, mm. like. They have this ability to do these great performances, yet they fuck around with fucking Jack and Jill and this fucking bullshit bad grandpa. I don't want to fucking see fucking <laughs> Robert, Danny, uh, Robert De Niro fucking young chick. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, they, I just, they're so capable of so much more. And like you just said, you know, the Irishman. Mm. It's a great, but you know, Al Pacino loved him in, in Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. I've really, I haven't yet seen, um, I haven't seen Serpico. I've always wanted to watch that movie, Serpico. And um, there's that other movie that's got Robert De Niro in it as well, um, Heat. I've always wanted to watch that. And I've, I've, I've seen it all the time. I'm just like, yeah, I'll watch that. But I just always put it off. And mm-hmm. I need to I watch I want to watch Heat as well. That looks like such a good film. Love, love yeah. those two. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, great. We've got, uh, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this. So I'm just going to spell it. At S-C-H-E-U-E-R-S-C-H-A-U-T. Can I give it a crack? Sure, short. Sure, sure, short. That's sure, what I'm thinking. Sir, sure, sure, short. I'm not sure. Sorry about that. Yeah. But he said one in it, Phoenix sorry. also for the Letterman interview and the months after that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have sure. you seen the, seen the Letterman interview? Of course I have. Yeah. I, think that's, I thought that's, he was off the rails when that came out. That's the ultimate troll. <laughs> that's the ultimate <laughs> sign of acting, of being a great actor, just being a complete, like not giving a fuck about celebrity. Yeah. Um, that is insane. Like the fact that he took the time to do that and just yeah. be like, it's, oh, he's such a good actor. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I, there's this, what's that movie? The Master, mm. Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I thought was like, I think, I still think that's his greatest performance. For sure. Yeah. How he didn't sure. win an Oscar for that movie is completely beyond me. Same with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams. Yeah. They all should have won. I think that movie kind of transcends any. Like they transcend themselves. You don't even look yeah. at them anymore. I think that's a, that's the start of a really great performance is when you can't see the person there anymore. You just like seeing the character, and I just really think that like that movie that scene is where they're head in- where they're pretty much doing like the Meisner technique and they're just like repeating things with each other. 
Yeah, that it's it's kind of similar to um oh. to Scientology where they do that. Yeah, um, it's the coolest thing. Yeah, it's insane. That movie's great, and I yeah personally love him. I also think he's my one of my favorite movies of all time is Her. That's in my mm. top ten, and he's in that movie and he kills it. I I, yeah. I love I love the 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 range between that and the master and like the master is not it's like a it's like a big performance i mean like he does crazy things in it. so i guess he's kind of like he's big in the movie in his presence but in in her he's completely subtle as fuck like yeah. he's amazing and even then like i i don't see walking phoenix anymore i see the yeah. character theodore in it and i just absolutely fall in love with his character in the movie I, i've watched that movie all the time like it's, it's my favorite one of my favorite movies top yeah. top 10 easy for so, sure. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, next, we've got another friend from uh, my old high school, Yuri Jaffa Williams underscore fifteen. So it's just YJW underscore fifteen. He said Michael B. Jordan, and yeah, yeah, what a career Coming. he's had. Yeah, <laughs> what a great career. Like, yeah, he's absolutely. Done so much, so much different stuff. Like just from you know. Um, uh, what's the Chronicle. one Oscar Grant? What's the one about Oscar Grant? Oh, Fruit Fruit Station. Station. Yeah. To Just Mercy. The Chroni- Chronicle was kind of Chronicle. the big one. Yeah. Um, we won't mention Fantastic Four, but everyone has a dud. <laughs> you know, everyone does. Everyone has an yeah. off day. That was a few. He's, that was- <laughs> like, even in those action films and those big budget films to bring a humanity to a character and make you interested in that character. Mm. And like, he's another one where he's in a scene, you're focused on him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you focused on Michael, B. but I think it's I think it's somewhat different to to Chalamet and Mickey Rourke and Jennifer Lawrence and all that. I think when you're looking at him, it's it's I don't know. I get a f- different feeling as to when I'm not, as opposed to when I'm looking at like Mickey Rourke and them. I don't know what I can't put right. my finger on it, but I know Michael B. Jordan has something, but I just, I can't put my finger on it. But I know it's different to what Mickey Rourke and Timothy Chalamet have. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've. I haven't seen Without Remorse. That's one I've got to see. Mm. Um, I've heard it's not like the greatest movie of all time, but no, I think I think his performance yeah. is really, really good in it. Um, I love him in Creed. Uh, Creed's great movie. Um, really kind of yeah brings us really great humanity, this really tragic humanity to his character that I think yeah. is insanely relatable to anyone who's got a got a family member in like the spotlight. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, yeah, like, like it's completely relatable. I think, yeah, For sure. yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's great in that movie. I think it gives a great performance and just mercy. You I mean, yeah. yeah, that's really subtle. Okay. I think with that movie could have been really Oscar Beatty. I think in his performance, it's not, it's such a, like, I don't know. It's so, it's such a small performance. I don't feel like it's this big thing where he's crying all the time. I, I feel like, it's such a small performance, but it makes the movie. That's it the really thing. suits he's the film. Never, like at the level that he's at, you couldn't fault him for trying to be Oscar Beatty in a role, but mm. he always stays true to the character. And that's a real testament to him and his, and his character as a person. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So do you want to take it away with the last one? Another last friend one? from school. Is this the last one though? I don't really know. <laughs> the last one was saying the other one. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about sure. No, we can't. Um, um, Hitch. Moer, more Hitchmore, Hitchmore. I like that name actually. So, like a detective, Detective Hitchmore. (laughs) (laughs) They said, um, Hugh Jackman, um, yeah, the boy from Oz. When my you know, Mm -hmm. love that guy. I mean, Hugh Jackman's probably like the the nicest guy, yeah. Actually, you know what? I will, I'll go back on that. I remember reading this or watching this interview with him and Jake Gyllenhaal when um, they're promoting the movie Prisoners, Mm. great movie, great fucking movie, um. And Jake Gyllenhaal said that um, Hugh Jackman is not a nice guy. He's a good man, not like a nice yeah. guy in the sense that he's not a pushover. Because I think yeah. that comes with the connotation. If you're nice, you just let yeah. people be. Like he's a he good has man. He good character. And he's, yeah. just, he's very, yeah. And I, I think at the beginning of his career, I never really saw Hugh Jackman. Like in all these big, in all the big blockbuster movies, I never really felt like I saw Hugh Jackman, like not act, but I never really got to know him through his performances yeah it wasn't until like prisoners mm. and um pre- the prestige, prestige where i really where i really one. like loved him as an actor and he wasn't prestige just yeah. like, like you can really see okay he's got some he's got some yeah jobs. because he gets so caught up in the wolverine thing and it's great you know logan is an amazing movie i think it's easily one of the greatest comic book movies of all time and and you know the longest span of any character i think he's got is 17 years mm. or any comic book character i think that's in the guinness book world records or something like that and yeah and i'm 
you know, he's great as Wolverine. Loved him as Wolverine. And I loved the way how he left Wolverine too. Like he wanted to leave the character on on an amazing note. And he felt like he hadn't achieved all he did with the character. But now that he's done it, he can leave it. And I love that. I I love that kind of aspect he took on it. Um, But yeah, Prisoners, I think, is by far my favorite Hugh Jackman movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that no, my favorite Hugh Jackman performance. My favorite Hugh Jackman movie is The Prestige because I love The Prestige in my top 10 movies of all time. Easy. But the but Prisoners, I'm like, that's a whole nother level of acting and anger mm-hmm. that you, you like, you only see that kind of anger in, in the Logan movie in as it when he plays Wolverine. Yeah. Like, that's the only time you ever see him that angry. But in Prisoners, you see him like even angrier. As yeah. a fucking man than he is as a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know, as a regular civilian. Yeah, exactly. But, like, uh, obviously, circumstances that movie is yeah, completely yeah. different. He's lost his kid. But, like, but yeah, he's even angrier in that movie than he is in Wolverine. That's what I'm yeah, trying to say. He, he's yeah. a great actor and, and, yeah, not afraid to express any emotion and to kind of dive into that emotion and give a, a human A great performer as well. I think, yeah, of course. I think that goes out of, I think, Coming sometimes people the forget. Coming the background. Yeah. yeah. Great. He's a great performer. Les Mis. Killed that movie. Yeah. He's great in lame is. Sure. And so, yeah, I guess that uh, wraps up all the people that have chipped in. We really appreciate it. Um, you mm. know, when we put out those questions, we want you guys all to to give us a, um, what's the word? Give us a recommendation that we can talk about because like we said at the beginning of this podcast, it's about all of us. Um, it's not just our podcast. It's yeah. for everybody. And so, yeah, exactly. Um and so, you know, we, we love the engagement. We really appreciate the engagement. And if you guys like this episode, please don't hesitate to let us know. And also let us know what other themes you want to see us do. Um, and so, yeah, we hope you guys really enjoyed this. It was a different one. It was a change, a break from all the interviews we've been doing. Mm. And so, yeah, we'll, uh, if you really liked it, also the <laughs> review. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to either drop the handles or I was going to say something else, but no, we said the handles in the beginning. I'll just say, yeah. if you guys got to the end of this and you really liked the episode, please leave a review. Let us know what Hello. you thought. Yes. And uh, we'll see you guys next week with another guest.